0: Hey there, I'm Lucas Fitz. If you know me, you know two things to be true. I love a good pair of denim and I'm always here for the stories. When I first got into the heritage goods movement and buying intentionally, I looked to American Field as an industry leader in connecting cool brands to cool consumers. There's nothing better than hearing the story behind how a big idea grew into a business. Now, we're bringing it online and inviting you to join in the conversation, whether you're watching or listening along from wherever you call home. I'll be hosting these fireside chats, intimate, personal looks at the inner workings of some of our favorite brands on our AF network. So sit down, grab a whiskey or coffee or beer, and ride along as we shine the spotlight on real people and real stories. This is AF Fireside. Today's episode is brought to you by The Dairy Block, a vibrant, walkable microdistrict in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, an urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy a distinctly crafted destination found. Hey, welcome back to AF Fireside. Super excited for this one. Uh, Brad Wellman has become a really good friend uh, throughout the time that I've been involved in American Field. We have uh, been to events together. We've had fun together. We've gotten in trouble together. (laughs) Um, Brad is one of the founders of Mill City Fineries, which is a really cool... uh, How would you... It's, they're good for dressing up, right? They're they're the, the friends that you want when you've got uh a wedding to go to or a fancy event to go to. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Doing well. It's great to catch up. It's been a it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. The 2019 event circuit feels like it was not not exaggerating, feels like five years ago. <laughs> It, it really does. was two years ago, but it. it I, I at least feel five years older <laughs> than I was <laughs> at that point. Brad, will you, um, will you tell us a little bit about your life? Sure. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm one of the co-founders of Mill City
1: Fineries. We're based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, started in 2013. Uh, my co-founder, Matt, and I uh, were college buddies that just had a sartorical... Sart- is that how you pronounce it? Sartorical eye? That's a, that's a great word. (laughs) That's That's a a great word for it. Cool. Um, we both just like, liked dressing well. We both liked, um, uh, just kind of like just the menswear space. And, uh, so when we were in college, um, we consistently had to like teach our friends, like how to tie a tie, what tie goes with what shirt, like how do I wear a suit? Like that suit doesn't fit. Here's how it should fit. Things like that. And it just kind of became like this kind of natural um, state for us to operate in. And um, a couple of years after college, um, we hadn't really talked about starting a company together per se, but we knew separately we wanted to each be involved in the menswear space in some capacity. And Matt was in, uh, in New York in the Garment District on vacation one, uh, one week and texted me and said, hey, I bought a bunch of fabrics. So I'm going to learn how to make bow ties. And that was really the start of it we just started making bow ties at his kitchen table and that soon led to making pocket squares for you know a couple friends for their weddings we made a couple small runs of um you know unique fabrics uh that we started on consignment in a couple little boutique shops here in Minneapolis and it just kind of grew from there very cool
0: how was it to learn uh, a a skill craft trade that you had not had any interest in learning before that point <laughs> it was a uh...
1: It was, I'll say fun, because it, it was, it wasn't without its challenges, of course. Um, but it was so different than anything that I do on like a day-to-day basis, like actually making something with your hands uh, was a nice kind of little creative escape from, you know, the nine to five, like office type job that both Matt and I had. So um, it was a time where, you know, we could be crafty, we could be uh, present, you know, doing something together that wasn't just all turn around like, you know, watching TV or playing video games or like just doing kind of just what we'd always kind of done. Um, and uh, a lot of, a lot of trial and error, but you know, a lot of fun kind of, you know, developing, you know, what our patterns looked like, what is our kind of method for like why we choose this type of, you know, bow tie development, uh, you know, hardware over like this kind of hardware and just kind of building a brand from the ground up was, um,
0: a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Was there, uh, I guess, h- how did you, how did you figure it out though? I guess, uh, did, did you ask for help or did you YouTube the whole thing or,
1: you know, YouTube university is a great thing. Great thing for to leverage. Sure. <laughs> um, it actually have benefited us quite a bit that, um, so Matt's upbringing, his mom, uh, is a very prolific sewer. Oh, well, and so awesome. she could teach him quite a bit. And so I then just kind of learned by osmosis, like, like there's just doing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, my, ba- my, my, I guess my crafty background, um, it wasn't in sewing, but I grew up around my, my dad was huge into woodworking and that's what he does to this day. Custom cabinets, yeah. custom basements. Um, he can basically build anything. And, uh, so that was kind of my upbringing just kind of working with him in a shop my entire childhood. So I had a, a bit of a, a knack for working in my hands, but mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like,
0: hand-stitching and cutting towards. Yeah, I think that 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 muscle that you develop for just figuring something out is something that you can apply anywhere.
1: Yeah, and then once you start getting into it, you start realizing, okay, here's the kind of styles that I like, not just from like a fabric pattern perspective and color patterns, but even just shape, drape, hand feel, things like that. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. I don't really like that kind of tie because it's much wider than I would normally prefer. So we create our silhouette to be, a little slimmer. And so you start picking up on little details like that. And then you kind of start dialing in like, okay, what
0: is our quote unquote style for our brand that would be Mm -hmm. different from another brands. Totally. So 2013, that's like, that's going, going on or, or just past eight years. Yeah. It's, it's hard to believe it's been that long.
1: I feel like it's been both very long, but also very short. Cause I feel, I still feel like it was just yesterday.
0: Sure. I mean, that's like a pretty significant percentage of your life that you've had. That's like a you have a teenager, basically.
1: <laughs> I had never thought of it that way, but that's I guess it's one funny way to look at it. Yeah, that's, a, that's yeah. a long
0: time. How have how have you changed through through the brand and through uh, its history?
1: Quite a bit. I guess I would say, um, you know, we started. Um, I mean, really, just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. And, you know, both men have a good. Friendship, a good working relationship, but that just tends to evolve over time. You start figuring out each of our natural tendencies, our natural strengths and weaknesses, which types of projects or tasks um, make more sense for maybe him to do versus me, and you know, vice versa. Um, so again, like kind of that whole trial and error. I mean, we're still navigating, still trying to figure it out, but we have kind of figured out a method to you know things that I'm good at, and things that Matt's good at, and how that. Um, can help kind of build the brand because when we started, you know, we were both making ties. We we're both hand stamping every box. We were running the site. We were doing the product photography. We've since kind of streamlined some of that. We've brought in people that can do certain things better than either of us can do. Um, but so much of what we do now is less on the individual, like Matt or I, cutting out and hand making each individual bow tie or necktie. Mm-hmm. We now have like a team of people that do that, follow our standards and our kind of palettes that and our patterns that we've developed. But as we look to grow the business or develop consistency in how we deliver, that's where Matt and I are really discussing, you know, his strengths versus mine and kind of figuring out like, okay, are you, you know, from a pricing model perspective, from sourcing, from marketing, like there's so much that goes into running a brand beyond just physically making a product. Right, and that's just that's where uh, that's the space that we're operating in now
0: and figuring it out. Cool. So we had uh, the first little mini series that we kicked this podcast off with was um, like partners in business, also partners in marriage, so husband and wife teams essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm sure you know that kind of entails its own uh, set of challenges and rewards. Um, But working with your friends is a totally different set of challenges, I think. Uh, and, and maybe there's, there's a nice reprieve. you don't have to go home and share a bed with that person. Um, (laughs) but you have, uh, had a working relationship with a good friend of yours for eight years. I think that's, that's like an accomplishment. That's that's pretty cool. Um, how do you have any like tips or secrets or things that you think have been integral to your success together? Um, yeah, I mean,
1: naturally we start, I would imagine naturally start working with like a really good friend. Things are pretty easy, at least at the outset. Um, and, but we've always just had like a really, um, what's the best way to characterize it. I think things with us always felt pretty easy. We kind of always generally know where each person stands on things. Um, but it hasn't been about challenges and, you know, just trying to ensure you're, Not burying things, whether that's um, maybe either frustrations about how a certain project is going, or um, assuming that one person is going to kind of take something on because they typically take that thing on, but just Mm -hmm. it all boils down to communication, being honest, and um, yeah, not not holding not really holding anything back, I guess. that's worked well for us. Like, I feel like I can be very honest with Matt. Like, here's where I think we need to be. Here's where I think we can improve things. Um, and then here's something that like, we've got these, let's call it three, four or five major projects coming through the pipeline. How do we want to tackle those? So we're not all making the, <laughs> we're not collectively 50, 50 on every job or every project because that mm-hmm. kind of breeds like a bit of a stalemate or if I need to, him to weigh sure. in on something and I can't move forward um that doesn't really get us to the next point right so we have to be pretty open in, in terms of how we communicate about how do we want to tackle these projects and um just trusting that the other person can run with it and then um you know if there are things i feel like you know i really think matt needs to weigh in on this direction of where we're going that's when i bring him in and sure. vice versa um so trying to <laughs> relinquish a little bit of the control is a little um little nerve wracking, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But that's where the, you know, consistent communication really comes through. Sure. I guess that doesn't sound all that different than maintaining your romantic relationship. Not at all. It's it's all it's all (laughs) the same things. Yeah. Cool, man. So uh, my understanding of you, or this is I'll tell you how you appear in my head, right? Like at night, you, uh, you are this you know Ty Smith, right? And during the day, you're like the closest thing I know to the Wolf of Wall Street. That's how. That's how. <laughs> that's you. You in my head. Um, That is and, like. Oh, I guess. It, I think that's a lovely compliment. I'm gonna. Yeah, say a yeah. I mean, so not like. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, the the good side. I don't know if that guy has a good side, but yeah, the the good side, the Leo side, not the. Sure. Uh, I know there's like a scene in that movie where he crashes a car and he's all, all <laughs> fucked up. That's not. That's not what I'm thinking. But uh, you have a. Uh, uh, You know, as far as like my my Group of friends of my social circle, you have like a pretty corporate job,
1: yeah. Um, I uh, I'm an account director at an ad agency here in Minneapolis, and so I work in ad, working at
0: work in marketing, and uh, yeah, it's a so pretty maybe closer to Mad Men than sure, closer. yeah, okay, kind of okay. Don Draper, I guess. That's, okay, that's, cool, you can put okay. it that way, yeah, nice. nice.
1: Um, but what's fun but... about that is um so much of what i do in like my my day-to-day like my quote-unquote career mm-hmm. it it does bleed over into what i do at mill city fineries okay uh, i work in a very creative industry like advertising obviously is a very creative industry so i'm kind of neck deep and immersed with art directors and designers and brand building every single day but i work on the client i don't on the creative side but i'm on the client services side so I deal with customers consistently mediating, um, tense discussions, mediating disputes, um, having, you know, hard conversations and particularly when it comes to things like contracts, budgets, timing, uh, setting, setting and managing expectations, like all that bleeds into, especially when I'm running wedding orders for, you know, upcoming weddings and building, you know, programs and projects for, um, for alumni associations and other brands that we partner with, um, lots of transferable day-to-day skill sets from my, I guess I'd say my morning job, my, my day job to my evening job. Sure.
0: So to what degree, you know, eight years later, to what degree is the evening job, uh, like, a a relaxing space? I I have to imagine at, at at one point that was like, that was a fun, a fun place that you would go to blow steam or like you described earlier, like it was the equivalent of playing video games or watching TV with a friend. You just had like an actual thing that you were doing. Is it still like that to you? Yeah, at
1: times. But I mean, with, with everything, there's, there's ups and downs. There's times mm-hmm. where it's uh, definitely a bit of a creative escape uh, or something I, I really want to work on, but there's plenty of times too, where, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to think about this right now. i so I'm either stressed about what's going on in the day or I'm just stressed about everything else that's going on that. Sure. I don't mm-hmm. have the, the mental capacity right now to go work on this thing. Um, so I think that's a, that's a pretty normal thing. I'd imagine you probably run into that with like some of the other, you know, brand heads that you've been talking to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's For plenty sure. of days where you love it. There's plenty of days where it's like, I don't want to think about it. Good days and, and bad days. It's good days and bad days. It's, and it's so different with us. Um, but we wouldn't still be doing it if it wasn't something we
0: enjoyed doing. Sure. For sure. Do you have a have like a future vision for the brand at this point?
1: Uh I've got I think I've had multiple visions for the brand over the years. <laughs> sure. And other things that I want to do. Um you know, we were so my like immersed in like the menswear accessories space. Um that some natural offshoots of that could be getting into the more of the formal wear space. Um, that's one Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also this angle of like getting into more lifestyle peril, because the way that we started our business or started the brand was we were really kind of tired of seeing all the kind of bright silk. I'm going to use the air quotes, corporate ties sure. they would yeah. see at the mall. It's like men's warehouse prom shit. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you, you pretty much have to wear that with a suit for like a wedding or a prom or some sort of (laughs) business event. Sure. Um, and we wanted things that you could dress them up to be that way, but they also had more of a casual vibe. Mm -hmm. So you could dress it down. You could wear the chambray shirt. You could wear denim jeans and red wing boots, which is kind of like RMO, Right. Yeah. And, um, So we started focusing a lot on vintage fabrics, kind of dead stock cotton and chambray fabrics, Japanese cottons that we'd find in our travels. Um, And then just make really limited edition, small batch pieces that were, you know, sometimes as few as like five or 10 pieces. Mm -hmm. So you got, you know, you got a pretty unique item. Um, But you didn't have to wear it, or wait for like a wedding, or wait for like some like some suited event to to wear it. You could wear it, you know, just some kind of your everyday attire. And so there's like a pretty interesting angle to using that as a way to kind of get us into more of like lifestyle apparel, kind of like everyday kind of casual stuff. So I don't really know, but those are some of the things that we're kind of toying with and trying to figure out what what might make the most sense. But we're not
0: necessarily um, married to one particular direction quite yet. Sure. Do you think that uh, is the kind of situation where no matter what what direction the future takes you, it's always going to be a product that you make in-house or do you think that you would ever move into other, other models? Uh, that's a great question. Um,
1: and I'm honestly a bit torn on that because the way we started the brand, we wanted to make everything in Minneapolis. We wanted to keep manufacturing here. Um, the folks that do work for us are from here. <laughs> they work here. Uh, So everything is made here and that was a huge focus for us. And I do think that will always be a part of our identity, but that does have its natural limitations as far as where can we go next? Mm -hmm. So if we do want to expand to certain categories that might just not exist here yet, at least in our backyard, it -hmm. might require us to go out of state to larger hubs like LA or New York or down South where the facilities exist to make whatever it is that we might be wanting. Um, so I do think, I guess maybe off the top of my head, one avenue could be, we'd probably always have like our made Minneapolis collection, which is our things that are always made there. And then more of a broader appeal set of products that could be made elsewhere, but sure. making items in the States has always been huge for us. And that's how we got actually linked up with you guys originally with American field cool. focusing on, you know, made in America and like why that's so important. Um so we just kind of focused on that but on a much tighter tighter space of like the immediate area code of 612 and six. Totally. Totally. <laughs> um but yeah so that's it's a huge focus for us but uh we want to find that balance between staying true to that um and true to our brand
0: vision uh while also you know benefiting you know American manufacturing. Totally. Cool. One last thing before before we sign off. Um I, have, I don't know a ton about Minneapolis and and what I've learned, I've learned in the time that I've been with American Field, rather be through you or through Mark McMillan from Northern Grade mm-hmm. uh, or what I've heard on the news in the last couple of years, which is not uh, the things we're talking about. Yeah, but yeah, um, might not
1: hit the best picture of the place. Yeah,
0: right. That could happen anywhere. Um, Point being, seems like a cool city where cool people are doing really cool stuff. So I'm wondering if you could just give me your perspective on, on what's going on in Minneapolis and why you've chosen to stay there. Yeah, well, um,
1: I grew up here. This is home. Um, I'm not originally from here. Um, I was born in St. Louis, uh, moved to Minneapolis when I was about six years old. Um, yeah. So this is home. Um, I, mean, I do still have some family in St. Louis. and We go and see them pretty regularly growing up. Um, but I've just always loved being here The we have four very distinct seasons. I'm very much an outdoorsy person. So outdoor recreation is huge here. Um, hiking, spending all the time that you can on the lakes. I'm a huge golfer and there's a bajillion golf courses here. Um, if you can tolerate the winter, mm-hmm. a lot of people can't, but if you can tolerate the winter, um, the summers and falls are. Are definitely worth it, um, nice. but yeah, if you can tolerate the winter, like me, I'm a hockey player and <laughs> ski or snowboarder, sure. so find something to do to pass the time. Um, it's a it's a really it's a really idyllic place. Not going to lie. Cool. Um, but as far as like the community aspect is goes, um, when we first started, we had seen that there was this huge maker community here um, from not just, you know, clothing, but just all types of artistry and um just this like maker collective. Uh, every year in Minneapolis there's this event called Art a World where throughout the Northeast Arts District of Minneapolis like every studio like opens their doors and you can just like walk through and it's kind of this big fair. Um and that's that's always a ton of fun. You know, craft beer vendors come out and you just you meet all these quarts cool that are just following their passions and just making cool stuff. Nice. And uh, that's really how we, how we started and how we started meeting a lot of people. We actually met, you know, Mark McMillan, as you mentioned, from Northern Grade um, and Pierre Point Hicks uh, very early on. And um, I think Northern Grade 2013 was our first, right, it was 2014, I think it was 2014, was our first uh, pop-up event. Oh, cool. And that just kind of breeds connections. And that's how we mm-hmm. met up eventually through Mark Ended up meeting with, um, you know, Bowman from you know, American field and ball and buck and this, you know, just a lot of like-minded individuals, yeah. um, but all kind of started with just meeting folks through the art community here in, uh, here in town.
0: That was, feels like a different, different era. Huh? I was like, the, that was like the, the frat era. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it definitely, definitely does feel different. Yeah. Um, We're and all old now. Sure. And part of that probably has to do with just how things have changed the last two years. I say that, ugh, rolling my eyes two years of, uh, uh, all these, you know, with COVID, but yeah. Um, yeah, time, uh, time sure does, uh, go by quickly. That's for sure. It's wild.
0: Well, I got to find some time to get out there. It sounds like it, tell me if my read is accurate or not. It sounds like all of the best parts of Chicago and all of the best parts of Denver minus the annoying parts of both of them.
1: That's actually a fantastic way to think about it. I mean, I love Chicago I absolutely love Denver. If if I was going to move anywhere outside of Minneapolis, it'd be Denver.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, but Minneapolis has these lakes, man. I can't give them up. Yeah. It seems like it's uh, for a city. It seems like it's can be quiet, you know? Yeah. A little bit more, not, not as intense or as loud. Let's say kind
1: of maybe just that Northern Midwest charm. Like it's a little understated. Sure. I like to think of it as like a kind of like a secret garden. Like, yeah okay the people that okay. want to be here people that want to be here want to be here sure i'll put it that way we don't All get right. um i guess a lot of kind of like the coastal cities like you know people just moving there not from there mm-hmm. and um yeah i part of me feels like maybe it has something to do with the weather everyone sure. else is not from here <laughs> it's like wow it's so cold there I'm like well it isn't isn't
0: just not but used to it
1: i'll let you know like yeah no you should know that it is very cold don't come here
0: <laughs> sure yeah huh well I like uh Mill City Fineries has a better ring to it than Secret Garden Fineries <laughs> I think that's that's like in a different category yeah uh cool where is the best place for folks to keep in touch if they want to learn more about the brand oh absolutely um so uh our
1: social channels primarily Instagram at Mill City Fineries uh that is our primary uh mode of uh connecting with folks Um, everything that we have available for sale, uh, all of our products are available on our website, millcityfineries.com and, um, yeah, feel free to, you know, DM us through Instagram, email us through the, uh, through the website and, uh, we're pretty active on there. So answer any questions and happy to chat.
0: Sweet. Well, bookmark this episode, bookmark these thoughts next time that you have a wedding that you have to look nice for and you want something to stand out. Um, we're getting back into that world that's right all right back up cool man hope to see you soon great to talk um thanks for your time thanks fitz good to see you cool brother. take care (laughs) later see you i'm lucas fitz and this is af fireside to learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast check out fireside.shopaf.co and don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice thanks for listening today's episode is brought to you by the dairy block a vibrant walkable micro-district in the heart of lower downtown Denver. Experience the Front Range's most inspiring retailers, food and beverage purveyors, an urban office concept alongside the Maven Hotel. Dairy Block, a distinctly crafted destination found.